welcome back to another episode of Slice of Your Life. I'm your host, Rachel Bedell. It's been a wild couple of weeks, but as hard as this time has been, I am honestly super encouraged by the conversations that are being had right now and the work that we're doing to check our hearts and hopefully change our hearts. But I was able to have a really good conversation with one of my friends, Ibi Majekodumi. We actually met through a mutual friend who was on the pod, Tor Holly. And if y'all haven't listened to that episode, you should go back and listen. Tor has some amazing words of wisdom. But yeah, Tor connected us and we met up in Chicago. Ironically, we had met before because we both went to the University of Iowa. But we talk about how her faith transitioned post-college, her new business baby, Refined Collective. And we talk about her being an African-American woman during this time and how she was doing processing everything going on in our society. And I'll be completely honest with y'all, I was super nervous for this interview. I'll be the first one to admit that I have a lot to learn. And with that, I really don't know what questions to ask or where to start. But like I said on this episode, I'm an open book, y'all know this. So I feel comfortable learning publicly. And with that, I'm just trying to navigate this the best way I know how to. But anyways, I hope y'all enjoy my conversation with Ivy. I know when we did first meet, I was like, I'm pretty sure I met you in college. Like, I'd been to your house. And I remember <laughs> the first thing that you said to me was like, oh, that was not me who I am now. Like, I'm a completely different person now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Girl. <laughs> can, can you talk to me about that and just like your transition from college? I'm assuming it's faith-based, but I really have no idea. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely faith-based. I think that... Um, in college and probably like throughout high school and stuff, like I, I grew up like in the church and I, I'm Nigerian. So I grew up in a Nigerian church and then grew up in a traditional African American church for part of my life, but I never really like knew God or had a relationship with him. So throughout college, like a lot of it was definitely like stemmed from like, insecurity and stuff. Like I was just kind of wild. Um, like just did a lot that, had no business doing like partied hard um was there something wrong like I love to dance and stuff and like I love to go out and have a good time but it's like when you're like going out and like you're letting people have access to you that shouldn't mm-hmm. um, it like takes a toll on you right and like I think I also was like a little bit more of like an angrier person like things would set me off really easily um and when I like graduated from college and you know it was actually like probably like almost three years ago when I started going to people church in Chicago, like really, I mean, wasn't necessarily planning on like, I thought I was good character wise, but there's a lot um, that got exposed to me about like my character and like why I have some of the issues I have and what's that rooted been. And I think today I'm just like, it's, I don't get angry easily. And I think before I used to get frustrated and heated easily. Mm-hmm. Um, that was rooted security. And it was just something that God really, um, worked on it beat and is working on like every day like it's definitely not something that I just you know figured it out yeah um, we're not cured but we're just like constantly trying to work on it right how did you find out about people church yeah so I think I found them on Instagram like I was like going through a breakup and was hella in feelings and um it was like six months after we broke up and I was still just so distraught (laughs) and I um, like was on Instagram and I 
was like, my mom was always like pressing me about finding a church. And I was like, okay, let me go on Instagram and see um, if there's anything there, um, like church wise. And I saw, like, I think on like, I searched like the hashtag and they came up and I sent it to my brother. And at the time, I guess my brother was going to people's church. So I felt a lot more comfortable going. Um, and yeah, it was, that's how I found it. And I had enough sense. <laughs> Does your brother live in Chicago? He does. Yeah. He lives in Gold Coast. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. Cause I, I went to people church at night a couple times. I've been to that one cause it's close to us. Cause we're both in like the South loop. Um, and it, it just, I mean, it's really cool. And I've met a, when I went to, um, that Chicago Prospanica thing with you, that yeah. there was a lot of like people, there was a lot of people, church people there, obviously. Um, and it was just, I feel like there, y'all have a really good community too. That's what I've talked a lot about in here. Like at the, at my church Oasis, I feel like community is like a big part of it. And it just seems like you guys have a really good family there as well. Yeah, definitely. Community is like definitely like the lifeline and the blood of the church. They always say, or we always say like life moves at the speed of your relationship. So Mm -hmm. I've definitely been really cool. Like just seeing parts of my world, like friends that we didn't know each other through church, but like now we all are doing this church thing together and like just doing life together. So it's been fun. Yeah. How's it been since, you know, we've been in quarantine and we haven't had services? It's been perfectly fine, honestly. So um, I think like it's actually pretty cool because we have like this digital assistant. Her name's Renee. It's, like, basically, like, a way to get... Oh, yeah. I heard about her when I was at, pe- at uh, night church or whatever. Yeah. So, like, I'm actually on, like, the Renee team. So, it's the team I serve on because um, I work in tech. And um, it's been cool because, like, a lot of churches obviously aren't seeing much growth right now, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, we have a platform to get people so plugged into community and relationship digitally. So, um, it's actually been really cool, like, watching the church grow. Like, I lead a small group. At people church we call them grow groups and like it's our my group has grown like probably more than i like thought i wanted it to grow during this time <laughs> um so it's been cool because it's like things are still moving and like we're still able to connect and stuff i do miss like meeting like physically you know mm-hmm. there's nothing like like just like being in that space with your people and like so, like, I miss that, and I'm an extrovert, so I miss that a lot. That gives me a lot of energy, but I think that, like, for what it is, like, I still feel, like, I feel very engaged, and I'm happy that we're able to, like, like we have the privilege to be able to still do what we do, you know, virtually. Yeah, totally. Um, well, that is kind of, like, a good leeway of you being in the tech industry and building community. Can we please talk about Refine CLTV? <laughs> <laughs> yeah Which, you, one, it's your one week birthday right it's my oh my gosh it is my one week birthday your one week birthday so okay tell yeah. everyone a little bit about what it's about but then also like where did you come up with this it's it's pretty timely for everything that's going on but obviously you had this brainchild before um everything that's going on um in our world yes so I, it's so crazy. Like, I've always had a passion, like diversity, equity, and inclusion is just always something that's really important to me um, in all aspects, like, of course, in my work settings, but also 
in just like my day-to-day life as a consumer like mm-hmm. I what fun hobbies to do in the city is just like walk around walk the city and see like find new spots and like more than likely the ones that I really click with and connect with are like minority and or woman owned and or LGBTQ plus owned um so like I always kind of just kept a running list of like these businesses that I love and I would just go back to them. And like one day, like it was actually, I was having like a, a kind of just like a, a little quarter life crisis on like, what is my purpose? Like, what am I doing? Um, and like, I was like, man, what am I really passionate about? I'm like, I really love supporting and like building community. I'm a connector just like by the way I'm wired. Mm-hmm. And I love, I have this passion for minority owned businesses and like, I, I think one thing that really irks me is I have a Starbucks on one corner of my street. And then I have a very awesome local, like veteran owned, LGBTQ plus owned, plus black owned establishment next to me. And I get so irritated. I was like looking, I was so irritated by like seeing all these people going into Starbucks. I'm like, you know, you can get better coffee and mm-hmm. a local business next door. And I was like, I decided to like put out this Google survey because I'm like, what I want to understand people's purchasing experience. And then also like for me, I work in the e-commerce space of tech as for like my nine to five. So like also just like, like purchasing power and, you know, like networks and marketplace is just a part of my daily. It's just how your brain's wired. It's just how it's wired. That's like, that's what I do for for my full-time job too. So I'm like, why don't people shop at minority owned businesses like mm-hmm. and like prioritize that so i sent up this like it is google survey and i had like 180 participants and i would say like like which is insane but i, yeah. I was literally like the main thing is like i would support them more if i knew where they were you know yeah so i started going into it thinking that i wanted it to be like a, a marketplace where businesses can like load their pro- like their products and their services and people can do it directly from there. And then I was like, all right, girl, hold up. Like you ain't got the resources for that. Like that sounds insane. And then just did a pro con. And I was like, I'm going to do like an online business directory. And then the the true vision of it is to, to really build a community of these business owners and the freelancers. Um, so like kind of iteration two will be where we add that that aspect where if you're a minority or woman-owned business, um, you can, uh, like, sign up for a small fee to be part of this network. But we would, of course, provide, like, small business resources um, and things of the such, but also just, like, the space and the platform to be able to connect and collaborate with people mm-hmm. um, in a really easy way. So that's kind of how it came out. And, I mean, God put it on my heart in, like, end of December – and just the timing and even like the date I picked for launch, like two weeks before, like me and God sat down and I was, he was like, girl, you're, you're like, you're doing all this stuff and no one knows about it. Like you need to set a date. Like he basically dragged me and was like, like, you need to stop being like, so like shy about this stuff. Like you need to like set a date and put it out to the people. And like, he put May 29th, like on my and I didn't, I did not know this stuff was going to happen. Like I did yeah. not know. I had no idea. I mean, like, like, and it's not a good thing, right? What's going on right now is yeah. not a good thing. Um, but I had no idea that like, this is the space that we were going to be in. And I had no, like, even when these things do happen, I had no idea that it was actually going to impact the masses because it usually doesn't. Right. Yeah. So 
it's been pretty wild because with you know Black Lives Matter and the killing of George Floyd getting so much visibility, obviously people are really starting to think, how can I like practice activism in my daily life? And a lot of that is shifting, you know, purchasing power to minority-owned businesses. So it was definitely a God thing, and you know we have the directory now, and I can't wait to be able to launch the community kind of portal aspect of it. Um, in the next few months. But yeah, it's been quite a week. I'm sure. How do you, I'm so intrigued by this when people say that, how do you get care from God? Like you said, like, you know, you really put it on your heart. Like, is it just through like prayer time or like, how would you say you hear him talking to you? You hear his voice. Honestly, like this is something that has like really like been fine tuned during the social distancing time. Um, I've been really focusing on just like staying silent like like having that quiet time, not even quiet time with worship music in the background or whatever in the background, like having quiet time. And mm-hmm. I really believe that like if we make space for him in those moments, that he he like he gives us these little whispers, at least for me. And one of the things like during my time in quarantine that um I've been doing and I think it's because I've allowed that space, right? Like and I mean with this week it's been way off just because my emotions have been Mm-hmm. all of the place but like I've really allowed space to where like I go to bed kind of it's just me and God like I'm not thinking of anything else because I'm allowing that silent time and he's actually been speaking to me this is gonna see you guys are gonna be like this girl's crazy as hell but he's been speaking to me like in that little pocket when you're like waking up but you're not fully awake and he's been giving me very clear very clear visions and very clear words during that time you know mm-hmm. And so that's like one way that he's speaking to me. But like, I think just in general for me, like he speaks to me through my people. Um, Like, yeah, he speaks to me through like the word, like I will never, like, it's never a coincidence when I'm reading my Bible and I see um, like, it's very clear, like something I prayed for an answer. Like I I I just don't believe in coincidences in that sense. Like Mm -hmm. I believe in God, you know, giving me the answers that I asked him for. Yeah, which is wild. And I just experienced that yesterday. I So I'm reading the Bible chronologically. And oh. next in line was Amos. And literally the whole entire thing is about injustice and justice and treating people right, like righteously. And I was like, I know that like, you know, the Bible, my friend was talking, my friend and I were talking about this today, like the Bible is a living word. So like, you know, you can check it, you can read it every year and you're going to get something different that's applicable to your life. But like, this was just two on point, like of the point of like the way that it was like, love your neighbor, like, you know, like have gut checks, build relationships. I was like, um, okay, God, God, I hear you. Like, I'm trying, I'm trying. So it's so good. Um, yeah, I, I, for you too, like with your timing, it's just unreal. Like you said, I'm sure in the beginning, it's, it's one of those things, like when you start anything, um, you think it's just kind of going to start like within your community of people, but your platform that you've created is really like what people are talking about right now. Like every, you can't get on social media and not see a post about, you know, sharing black owned businesses in whatever city that you're in. And it's just wild that like this just happens to ladder up with like the week of your launch. Yeah, it's insanity. Like, definitely, like, 100% a God thing. Like, Mm -hmm. not an Ivy thing by any chance. (laughs) Um, 
Yeah, and I mean, I obviously want to talk about, like, the Black Lives Matter movement and what's going on. Um, I'm trying to, like, full disclosure, and I, I think I said this to you beforehand, like, I'm trying to do this right, too. And I think just yeah. in the position that I'm in, like, I'm I'm a vulnerable person, so I'm like, I'll learn publicly. And if that's having recorded conversations when I'm asking questions and talking about things, um, by all means, like, someone can learn from it, great. But yeah. I'm also trying to find a balance of like not exhausting my black friends by trying to have y'all teach us um, rather than like us going out and learning. But I, I just too want to like take this time to like open up the floor to like just talk about how you're feeling, like how you're processing everything um, and just kind of go from there. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. We can definitely talk about it. Um... Yeah, it's been honestly just such a whirlwind of a week um, or like two weeks, honestly, um, for me. And I've been like pretty open about it. So there's just a lot of there are a lot of anxieties that come with what's going on. And I think every black person has that like there's no black experience that's the same in the U.S. like. The diaspora is is massive. Like I'm a Nigerian American mm-hmm. who like, I identify as African American because I like I was raised here. I like I probably like I I, I this is my home, right? So mm-hmm. like we all have our own experiences. So I can only speak from my perspective. Um, for me, I have numbed out. Like like I have been just forced myself to be numb through when these things happen mm-hmm. like I kind of every time every single time that you know you see another black person get killed uh, another un- unarmed like unjustly like every time it's like I kind of like I think I got sad like when my mom passed away and I'm studying abroad during that time and that in its own was just like very traumatic because the kids in my program are really like honestly like super racist and didn't understand and mm-hmm. ever, ever since then I was like I'm not gonna let myself feel like this anymore because mm-hmm. people just don't get it so every time this happened I would be like well this freaking sucks uh but I'm just gonna put this in my little pocket and maybe feel feel for five minutes and then just keep me moving mm-hmm. so you like have to like I had I forced myself to numb myself mm-hmm. to these things right even though like I know deep in my heart like it made me so sad because like that could be my brother that that's just some that's someone's brother that's someone's father that's someone's son you know mm-hmm. but like I wouldn't let myself feel that way and and um this time like when Ahmad Arbery happened uh that in its own like it started getting some heat but it didn't like like I think it died down after a few days right like yeah. people weren't talking about it like like I run with mod happened and everything but um I had a conversation with my big brother um about like literally a week before uh Ahmad Arbery passed away. He lives in Gold Coast, a very white neighborhood. And I like we're social distancing. I live in South Loop. I was like, let's let's walk. Let's let's meet each other halfway. And he's like, Oh, I don't walk in my neighborhood. Mm. He was like, I don't do that. I'm gonna get a bike. He was like, I know, like I'm a big black dude. Like he's like, I know myself, I don't do that. So I was like He's a big runner, so with the lakes being closed, like I was like, "Man, dude, that sucks." 
like that like hate that you have to feel like that and then literally a week after that Vermont Arbery happened and that was the first mm-hmm. time I kind of let myself feel um because we just had that time and then also the, we're in quarantine like I don't have much else to do anyways you know <laughs> yeah um, there's not a lot of escapes right now right so I'm like I can't really like I can't really hide from this I let myself feel and then it happened and then George Floyd happened and I still like had that like I let myself feel but only to a limit after a while I just kind of numb the shit oh oops sorry I was gonna swear <laughs> you're fine uh, but <laughs> just kind of numb it <laughs> and um when George Floyd passed away it was just so that was like the time where I I had to force myself to feel especially since so many around me so many people around me finally like were outward mm-hmm. and we were having those conversations and honestly it broke me like the first few days like I protested on Saturday I also protested on Tuesday but after like the protest especially seeing what like CPD was doing out there like because I witnessed it firsthand like pretty much enclosing people in the city where it took me an hour and a half to get back home. Mm-hmm. Uh, stuff. Um, and then like everything that was happening, like literally like Saturday night, my body gave out. On me. Yeah. Like I like up until Tuesday afternoon, like I couldn't really do much. I, fe- I felt like I had a fever. Like, and when I ended up like just talking, like I, I I'm very big, like I'm, I'm a big advocate of therapy. So I took a mental health day on Tuesday and my therapist was like, you've been holding, carrying so much all these years. Eventually your body is going to give out on you, mm-hmm. you know, if you don't address it. Um, so it, it's just been, it was a very crippling situation, but I like, I'm so thankful. And like, honestly, I like didn't see the God in it. Um, I saw it to a perspective, but it, I was just drained. The conversations being had, um, I was just so physically drained and then dealing with my own, like, all of, like, aside from what's going on with George Floyd and all the other numerous killings that have happened to Black people, having, a, I have had people reach out to me, like, I'm sorry I didn't stand up for you mm-hmm. when, like, people were being racist to you, you know, and, like, digging that stuff up. So it's just been, it's been healing. Like, today, like, it's Friday and I feel energized again. Like I can do things and stuff, but it, it required me to take lead a whole mental health day from work, a lot of prayer, bringing things back to God, you know, mm-hmm. and then that moment of when I just felt crippled, I, I, I didn't see the God in it. You know, I was just like, when is this going to, when is this going to end? And I've never been a protester either. Like, I'm just like, I'm just going to give whoever needs the money and is going to do the work of my money. But mm-hmm. it's the first time that I felt it, my requirement to be out there and make sure that. I'm representing like for justice and for peace and for, and and for those families, for George Floyd, for Breonna Taylor, for everyone else that's been killed um, by the police. Like I felt it, that it was my responsibility to be out there and I've never felt that before. So this has been, it's been healing. It's been a roller coaster. Like one day I feel great. The other day I want to, burn like I'm like I'm ready to burn buildings down you know yeah so it's just like handling that and letting it come as you go but I, I do see the God in all of this now I see him working and I, I I think that things are going to change in due time and I do too and I feel like I remember was it 2015 or 2016 I feel like there was 
a blimp of Black Lives Matter. Like there was there was a, a glimmering of a movement, but then it kind of faded away too. And this just, I remember having the conversations with people at that time, but it was in no way to the degree that it is right now, where I think people are very um, ad, like adamant about continuing the conversation. Um, why do you think that is? Like, do you have any, like, I, I don't know if it's just the perfect storm of like us being quarantined and it was Ahmad. And like you said, as soon as Ahmad kind of started to like dwindle away again, um, George Floyd's killing happened. I'm just like so intrigued as to what is making this time stir in our hearts so much. I think there's a few things, right? So I think like Ahmad Arbery, that was like anyone who didn't agree with with his killing is just different. Like that's all I can say about them, right? Yeah. So it's yeah. like one of the like it was just like very clear. There was no it wasn't self defense. It wasn't anything like that. And we saw it on tape. So I think people were already hot. Like all people were just and then the fact that it happened months ago, right? Mm-hmm. In that because this video came to surface is the only reason why um you know his killers are being charged. So I think that's the first thing we're like straight off the back of happened um the second thing is actually i don't know if you know like the one of the day like the day of the 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 day that um the george floyd video came out there was another video that came out with a woman named amy cooper in uh central park i don't know if you've seen it but a b cooper amy cooper amy cooper okay call her karen she's just like she is she basically like called the police and said that a black man was attacking her when he was just asking her to put a leash on her dog because he was bird watching. I did see this. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So that really, like for me, that really irked, that really, and just seeing like, th- these are people that I, like I look at her LinkedIn profile and like, girl, like you could be my boss, mm-hmm. you know? Um. So like that really had people hot. And then that same day is when the George Floyd video came out. So you have these, two different uh these two different things that have happened so near each other second thing is we're in quarantine like people are a just like already tired like this is two and a half months of being in the house y'all like people are just like frustrated in their own and that's all people not just Mm -hmm. black people all people but especially the black community right now i think that we're outraged in a way that like because covid is killing black people Mm -hmm. at an alarm i don't know if you know but only 30 percent of chicago is is black but we make for 60 percent of the deaths yeah from COVID 19 so like people are just angry they're losing their people you know yeah. they're losing their people then you you put in the fact like you know like this our, our administration you know and what's going on there i think it was the perfect mixture of like like black people we've always been loud but we're gonna make sure that you hear us so we're gonna like turn the notch up and then I think our non-black allies who like have always probably assisted from afar finally didn't have the distractions and now they're like oh I have to do something about it you know they don't have the distractions it was the per it was like the perfect recipe mm-hmm. to like for what is happening right now yeah yeah I think it's like the first time too for myself and from a lot of my like non-black friends that which are like to be frank like majority of my friend group like we're all like there are a lot of things that like 
we thought we were doing well, but we weren't. There's things you just would never think of. Like, you know, there's right. been Instagram posts about like band-aids and having like multicultural or multicolored band-aids or like crayons or like kids books. And I, we had a really good conversation on my work call actually. And it was a team call and, um, the woman who leads the call is black and she like talked about her story and it opened up this really cool dialogue of people of color on the call, just telling their stories and experiences of like experiences of racism, but also too just how they're feeling. And then there were like white, white fathers on the call were getting on and one broke down and was just like, I now he's a new father. And he's like, now that I'm a dad, I can't fathom having to have the conversations with my kid that you guys have had to have. And I think it's these things that like people know, but they haven't necessarily, like you said, like had the time or I don't know if desire or whatever it is to think about it. And now that we're able to really sit and think about it, it just opens your eyes so much more um, to like what is happening. Cause I mean, going off of that too, like you have brother, a brother, like did your parents have a conversation with you and him like growing up in regards to like if you are in a white neighborhood or dealing with cops was that something that like you guys had growing up yeah I think everyone has that conversation I think mine was always focused on like um and like to give you some context like I like did not have many black friends like up until like honestly going to Iowa for college so I think there was always like a certain level of frustration with my parents (laughs) like why don't you have any friends that look like her but that's for a whole other, you know, that's, that's, we can have that conversation over a cocktail, but <laughs> my parents always were like, you're not like your friends. They would always tell me like, you're not like them. You can't get away with the same stuff as them. Like you can't, like you have to, you have to be way, you have to be 10 times better to be seen as equal mm-hmm. as that. And then like, like in, like, I, I can't, I, I'm sure they had the police conversation. I know they definitely had that with my brother my brother is also 10 years older than me so it was probably before my time but Mm -hmm. it's always been one of those like my parents have always reminded me you are not like the rest of them you're not like your friends and you can't be out here acting like them Mm -hmm. yeah yeah what and this might be like a big question like if there's one thing like white people could understand or like have really settled on their hearts what would that be is there if there's anything Um, I would honestly let, I guess, non-Black people know that this is not Black, like, like, this fight for equality and justice, and actually just the fight to, like, live and breathe, just like y'all, is not Black people's responsibility to fight for at this point. Like, we didn't make the problem. Mm -hmm. Like, it is on you guys to do that. And I think one way, and I don't believe that everyone needs to be, when I say fight the power, I'm not talking about you all have to be at the protests, like risking your lives. I'm talking about like, have your conversations with your family. Like, you know, who's racist in your family. Right. Mm. And like you, like, you know that. And it's like, I want you to like have the curtain, equip yourself and be knowledgeable and, and be around a diverse groups of people where you can start fighting this fight for us, mm-hmm. where you can go to your granddad, you know, you can go to, I'm sure the guys that killed Ahmaud Arbery, they have to have a niece, a nephew, a, a daughter, someone in their lives that don't agree with their view of, 
of, of how they view black people. You know? mm-hmm. And if just if someone like maybe in, in, in their circle, like spoke truth to them and held them accountable and really like wanted them to do better, who knows if Ahmaud Arbery would still be here, you know? Yeah. Um, and I, I just really want, you know, people in, like allies, people that are fighting for out, like to be allies and, you know, like I've heard so many people say like, God has really broken my heart. I'm like, that is great. But I want you to know like this fight can, it, you can fight this fight in your everyday life. Mm-hmm. Like, if you see something in your workplace and not just from like social, like a lot of like, how, how are you empowering black people in your workplace? You know, mm-hmm. like, how are you challenging your boss to say, Hey, we really like, we really need some more diversity in our team. Like, how are you challenging? How are you speaking up for people? You know, when you see racism having happening firsthand, like, educate yourself and then let's let's act on it and, and and let's fight this fight for black people because we we didn't make this problem <laughs> yeah that's so true and I think to your point like it is like that's the biggest thing that's happening right now is it's forcing or hopefully forcing people to have the hard conversations and I think a lot of the times we've avoided it because it's hard and like I'm I can't escape it you know because it doesn't necessarily impact my everyday life but like just in regards, I've heard a lot of people that say like, you know, growing up, my parents said to me, you know, you, you treat everyone equally, no matter the color of their skin. And I'm like, that's great. But like, I, that's not doing enough. And I don't think, I think everyone had best intentions having those conversations, but I think too, like we, you have to teach about what's going on and like, you have to be knowledgeable to unlearn those things. If that makes any sense. Like you have to know what's going on to go against that. And I think right now it just is a matter of like having these conversations, no matter how like difficult or uncomfortable they may be, because we have to check our hearts of like what we've thought or what we've said or what we haven't said. And I think my biggest thing, and I I talked to Tor about this too, is it's like, and I know a lot of people feel this way, is it's like, we don't want this to just be a moment. We like want this to be a movement and want this to actually change and not be something that just starts to fade away. Like, not that this was a hot topic for one to two weeks and then we all go back to normal. Like this should be something that we talk about every single day. And I think it's going to have to be talked about every single day until, you know, who who knows when, when we actually see like change through our society and through our systems. Yeah, definitely. And also have grace for yourself. Like that's like my thing too. Like I like, I don't expect, people who are just like their eyes are being open to just like know things off the bat like have grace and like like black people have grace for others too like especially if you're a believer like we can't just be condemning people for not being as woke as we are like i don't think it's anyone's responsibility to teach people but i think if you just equip, like send an article if it's someone that you believe really in their in their heart wants to learn and grow and lean in and then send them an article or send them a book or send them something and leave it at that. And if there's someone in your world and you want to talk to them about it, cool. But like, don't, don't condemn people and also like have grace for people. Cause this is, this is new for a lot of folks and they're just figuring it out. Yeah. And like you said too, like it's not on people of color to teach us, but there are plenty of people who have written books, made movies, made shows that like can, we can use as resources to learn Um, and I know there's like some, you know, there's organizations like be the bridge that their whole purpose is to like 
close the gap of people understanding and it's like go to those places rather than exhausting the people that like are also dealing with a lot right now at the same time yeah yeah for sure I totally agree with that a hundred percent switching gears but to be honest I was creeping on your Instagram right before I called you and (laughs) can we talk about how Janet Jackson reposted you dancing Oh my gosh, that was absurd. That was so ridiculous. Did you absolutely <laughs> die? Dude, I was sleeping and my friend Tina <laughs> tweeted at me and she was like, wake up. <laughs> and <laughs> I was so confused because I opened my Instagram and I had so many notifications that I'm like, oh my gosh, someone's exposed something from my past and now I'm on the shade room. But it was just Janet and... Yeah, that was nuts, dude. I just, I don't even, I don't, I still don't have words um, for it, but Janet, gosh, I just, I can't, it was weird. (laughs) When did, like, has dancing always been a part of your life? Yeah, it has been, like, like, I danced growing up, like, I was a cheerleader, and then I, like, joined my palms team, and I danced on a dance company, um, like, a hip-hop dance company growing up, so... Um, it's always been integral. Like I, at Iowa, I like was one of the founding members of University of Iowa Dance Club. So it's always just been like very important to me. And mm-hmm. Always like I've some of my my closest friendships um, and some of the most important people in my life are through dance. So that's awesome. Fun. Um, okay. Well, I only have one last question for you. Unless there's anything that we didn't talk about that you wanted to talk about. Oh, girl, we're we're good. We're okay. good. Um, well, my last question is, because the podcast is called Slice Up Your Life, what is your favorite slice of pizza? Oh, my gosh. You're going to judge me, dude. Oh, gosh. So, I'm, just, I'm literally so plain. I love a good – have you been to Art of Pizza in uh, South Loop? It's like no, I've passed it so many times, though, and I want to go. Girl, it is so good, and it's so cheap. It's wow. like just – I love a thin crust cheese pizza. Like, I'm just so, I can be really plain sometimes, but I can be real crafty. But girl, I love a good thin crust cheese. It's so good. Well, I mean, if you get, if you have a good one, like, it really, that's all you need. And I, I'm not about, and I, this is a very like controversial topic. I'm really not <laughs> about deep dish and us living in Chicago. I'm like, every person that comes into town is like, can we go to Illuminati's or Giordano's? And I'm like, sure, because you're the person coming to town. But, can we not? Like, there's a thousand other really good pizza places. So many options. Now, I I co-sign that. I'm not. I'm not a. I'm not a deep dish girl. Yeah. Same. Okay. Well, Artie Pizza. It's super close to me, so I will. Yeah, you'll have to let me know. Yeah. You'll have to let me know because I live across the street from it, so I will literally just hobble over. Perfect. I know. <laughs> I can't wait to be back and to see you. We will have to picnic it and grab a drink and do all get as much summer of Chicago as we can in a matter of like two months yes no absolutely and thank you again for having me I love this conversation with Ivy so much I thought it was just absolutely amazing that God placed this project deadline of refined collective on her heart before anything that was going on in our society and that her freaking launch week was in the middle of all the Black Lives Matter movement which is just amazing and shows once again that his timing is so much greater than ours but make sure y'all check out Refine Collective and support and get involved I'll link all that stuff in the notes 
but I'm just praying that we can take this time to dive deep into our own hearts, that we can ask for wisdom for ourselves and our society, and that we can give ourselves and others grace and go through this time as a movement and not just a moment, and that we can make the change that needs to happen. But that's it, y'all, for this episode of Slice of Your Life. Be bold, be wise, be safe, and love y'all.